Talking shit about sports. Uh, yeah. You guys introduce yourselves, guys. Introduce yourselves. We're gonna do that right before you introduce yourself. We're gonna introduce you, actually, Wilkins. But you know, you you love you you're good at introducing yourself. So <laughs> we got uh, Sir Wilkins on, filling in for Big Baby. He's um handling some business now. Shout out to Big Baby. Yo, yo, he's here for you. He'll be back. Uh, we got DK Matt. We got the lovely, talented, beautiful Tyvia. Yo, thank you, bro. Yeah. We got, <laughs> you got the name right. You got the name right. Got the name hella wrong. Yeah. It's Tavia. It's Tavia, aka Dorothy from Golden Girls. Make sure you put that. Um, it's the the Queen, aka Captain Falcon. Thank you. There it is. Oh. There it is. Uh, and one word, the living legend, aka he has been here before, literally that. ten times over. One word, Larry Morgan. I'm actually regretting time traveling because I time travel for this fucking shit, quarantine, and all this fucking corona shit. God damn it, man. <laughs> At least y'all the liquor stores not fucking closed. Mine is all fucked up. These oh, days, my the liquor stores over here closed. It no, is. Hell no, mine is open, bro. That's it. Oh, this is a motherfucker. Mine is open. Mm-hmm. Mine is closed. Shut the fuck down. All I got is Giants. And now I got Giants is right now. Right? So, at this supermarket, all they sell is wine and beer. Every, there's literally like lines going from the beginning of the register all the way up to the fucking frozen food section. I can't deal with this shit no more. And they limited what you can what you can buy. So I'm only limited to buying two bottles of wine and two cases of beer. Can't get jiggy with this shit. I nah, drink you literally Jack can, bro. I drink Hennessy and Jack Daniels. Wine ain't gonna yeah, get fucked up. Yeah. No, nah, hell no. Ridiculous. Man, wine is for when the ladies come over for me, man. I know uh, that's not for you and, and Wilkins because y'all are, you know, in relationships and shit, but. <laughs> well, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been, been drinking Moscato with my wife. We've been drinking. We've been drinking <laughs> yeah, Moscato. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. But She drinks one glass, I drink the whole bottle. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> All right, guys. So, so let's get started. The biggest story that's coming out from this past week has been the WNBA draft. And many critics and many um, announcers are saying it's one of the best NBA. Wow, fucked up. My bad, guys. I said, oh, no. I said NBA. My bad, guys. WNBA draft. And many people are saying this is one of the most stacked draft classes in a while. What are your thoughts, everyone? Uh, oh, I heard it was. <laughs> He's an asshole. <laughs> but yeah, Why am I mean, an asshole, Matt? What did I do? What did I do wrong? What is, I, I didn't even I do that. I was surprised to have ball for you just now. You know, woman equality, women's first, all that other shit that, you know, I'm surprised you joke when you change it on I mean, now. I'm not knocking, I never knocked the WNBA. I just can admit that I don't follow it as much, which we will talk about. How can people make uh, the WNBA more market. I would love for it to be. And I've been to a few, uh, Liberty games and I cheer for the Liberty and stuff. 
But I, I just, I, I, I haven't followed WNBA. I love uh, Brittany Griner, though. That's my girl, you know. But it, I, I, you know, I'm gonna start following it, bro. Just for y'all. <laughs> I've been playing the games on um W uh, um NBA 2K. Like they have, they have the, the whole roster there. But what do you guys think about it, though? About the draft. I mean, it was dope. I mean, New, the New York Liberty is funny that Larry just, you know, mentioned them, but um, New York Liberty got the first round, the um, the first pick, and um, they. I just realized uh, I was on mute this whole fucking time. That's why I'm sitting here barking and y'all can't hear me. <laughs> oh, you were barking then. I told you. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I was on mute the whole time. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, getting back to the juice <laughs> draft. They got so the, that's the mad liberty. funny, son. That's <laughs> mad funny, son. <laughs> like you were saying, bro, Matt, you go ahead. They got the Liberty got the number one draft pick. Yeah, they got the number one draft pick. They pick I can't pronounce the, the young lady's um last name. Ayana so I'm gonna watch it. Huh? Ionescu. Ionescu or Ionescu? Yeah, Sabrina Ionescu. I was about to say Annette. I was just about to say Sabrina. I just called her that. But yeah, out of Oregon. Oregon was really big. In this draft, you know, I think what they had like three players that got you know picked in the first round with uh Satu Sabata. She's a Germany lady, like young lady. So I mean, I can't really pronounce her name either. And Ruthie Hebert, I I think she got picked to the Chicago Sky. I mean, it's it's a pretty good. It was a pretty good draft class. It was a real good class. class So getting back to the number one draft pick, she's the only. She's the NCAA's all-time leader, male and female, in triple doubles, and the only player ever to get 2,000 career points, 1,000 rebounds, and 1,000 assists. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. So the Liberty definitely won with that, with that pick. Um, also, other notable moments from the WNBA draft was the um, experience of having, you know, Gianna, Bryant. Peyton, Peyton, and Alyssa. Yeah, they were all honorary draft picks um, for the WNBA as well last night. So I'm pretty sure it was a really emotional moment for their mothers, you know, their families. Yeah, uh, that was. I, I, I was going to get to that eventually, but you know, I'm still kind of like dealing with that in a sense because you know I'm a Kobe fan. But it, that that was a beautiful thing that the WNBA did for those three, you know, young ladies and. With that tragedy and everything, so I mean, salute to the WNBA for that. Yeah, but, yeah, it's just crazy. It's real, real, real crazy. Um, I know with every with everybody's supposed to be excited with the draft and everything, but one of the biggest stories coming out of the draft is the um the unawareness of what's going to happen. You know, with this you know with this virus going around and everything, a lot of players don't even know if they're even going to get paid. So I mean, it's 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 a crazy, crazy time, crazy time. But I enjoyed the WNBA draft. I don't know about you guys. What did what did y'all think about it? I didn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't, didn't watch, watch it either. But um, no, 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 I didn't. But um, I'm a I'm an honorary uh, Liberty fan, <laughs> an honorary uh, New York Liberty fan. Welcome to the I heard it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I heard him laugh too. Um, by default, I'm a New York Liberty fan. Of course. Oh. So, yeah, I've heard um that we got um 
a pretty damn good uh draft pick, as Tavia mentioned already. So um I'm 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 excited about that. And whenever all this clears up, I've made a vow to people. I'm gonna go to some uh more New York Liberty games, bro. I need to um No, the tickets are cheap as hell. Yeah, I need to start um I um practice what I preach because I'm always oh I want the WNBA to be to be better. I would love for it to be better because I love women's sports. I love uh women's MMA, uh women's wrestling. You know what I'm saying? So I love women's sports actually. So and I'm always like uh I would love to see the MB- the WNBA do better and you know market better. But then you know I'm I gotta if I want to change I have to be the first one to you know man in the mirror. So I'm gonna start going. And I'm gonna be taking pictures of me going. And I'm gonna get some fucking New York Liberty memorabilia and gear too. <laughs> like I have Giants and Yankees and Knicks and Rangers gear. So my daughter has a New York Liberty jersey and a basketball because my dad. I can bought a your daughter's like like playing sports like all day. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're a sports household. I, my, I can pick, I can picture that. <laughs> my babies watch basketball and wrestling. <laughs> it's not a game. It is not a game. Women's basketball is special to me. I know I, I know I'm the jackass of, of, of the podcast. You know I say a lot of crazy shit, but I, um, a fun fact about me is like when I was still in high school, I was actually like in a, like a manager role for the, um, for my girls' basketball team for my school. So, you know, a lot of the players, like I got to meet Epiphany Prince when she was doing her thing in, in Bertram. You know, mm-hmm. I, so I mean, it's like. I'm I'm good with with girls basketball. Like I'm, the coach says, there now, you know. Well, he's been there for a while. They're on a they're on a run. They've been winning the championship. I think what three or four years straight. Yeah. has. So I mean, like shout out to the shout out to the Lady Vikings. Shout out to Anwar Gladden. You know that mm-hmm. that's the coach that's over there. Um, so I'm real big with, with women's basketball. So I love the fact that New York is. I mean, they're put in a position now. They're I think they're pretty much like. In a rebuilding stage right now, because I yeah. see like they got a they got like I think three picks in the first round, and um I believe like two in the second round. So they they they're they're in their rebuilding stage, you know. And I I I got high hopes to see what they're gonna do after this draft class. I'm not even gonna hold it. So yeah. But, All right. So quick question, you guys. Up? Everybody said the same thing. I, I don't really watch WNBA. This is not something I'm I'm really interested in. I'm trying to get into it and be more respectful about women's sports and everything. How can how can the WNBA get the more casual fan to watch to watch games? Tanya, you go first. Okay. Uh, you know what, man? I was going first. Like uh-huh. I, I heard I heard it in your breathing. I'm like, she's about to go off. Yeah. So being a marketing person, somebody who always thinks with their marketing hat on, I think one of the the biggest issues that I see with the marketability of the WNBA is that no one, the the more casual fan doesn't really know their players enough to kind of attach themselves to a player. Like when the WNBA first started, you had people going into the league who were already known. So you had like the Lisa Leslie, the Cheryl Swoops and such who had already created a reputation that you want to see what they do next like with the nba you feel you find more people attached to superstars than you do around teams at times you get what i'm saying so i think that not not having like the next big thing as far as a superstar is a hindrance 
as well as I, I believe also the marketing dollars are not there for a big grassroots movement. So mm. the WNBA comes on during the summertime, and I feel like their, their season is a bit long, right? We already know that there's a pay, pay wage difference. We already know that they're treated kind of as like a specialty sport and not as much as a like a legit league, I feel. And I think that not putting those marketing dollars around having like the gra- the same way that they try to build with the Nets. You know, you have special days, special nights that you kind of get that that crowd interested. Somebody saying, "Hey, you know what? Let, let's let's check it out. Let's check out this person. Who's the who was the last big superstar in the WNBA?" Uh, I want to say Maya Monroe. No, Maya. Mm, star, so? star, but not. I don't know who Brittany. Um, Brittany Bryant, of course. Yeah, Brittany Bryant, but she was more known for the stuff that she did off the court than on the court. And my fault, Maya Moore. I'm bugging. Is Cheryl Swoop still there? I think she's a coach. She's a coach, well, like an assistant coach, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the last last superstar in the WNBA probably has to go to Diana. You think? Honestly, not even that. Um, Della Don now. Della Donna now. She's killing right now. But But there's a difference between killing. There's a difference between killing and being a superstar. One Mm -hmm. of the things that that T is talking about is the mere fact of having stars that are stars off the court. Okay. And, and I think that's what she is trying to trying to say. Oh, you're talking about mainstream. If you're talking about mainstream, you might look at Candace Parker or Lisa yeah, Lennon. Candace Parker or Diana Taurasi. You know, yeah. what I'm saying like these are people who are who are well known in the basketball community. That mm-hmm. somebody it, it would be inspirational for somebody to watch. Like people love Lisa Leslie. Mm-hmm. She was getting marketing dollars like Kobe at one point. You get what I'm saying? She was marketed as a female Kobe at one point when they were both coming up at the, in the leagues at the same time. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> and then you had you had people like Cheryl Swoops who was like a ama- like who was phenomenal. But you don't have the, you have to market it around some of the players and kind of they're not picking up the big time endorsements like the, the NBA stars are. Like we had International Women's Month last month. There were no WNBA campaigns. Introducing us to their the, to their players, and this is the the right time to put them in front of us mm-hmm. in a casual setting. Why aren't they on first take? Why aren't they on um other like Sports Center? Why aren't they on these these opinion shows? Because they don't have the. I know, I know Candace Parker does that. Like she hits those those runs. Right, but it shouldn't only be her. Right, you want Larry, Larry, Larry. Yep. My so, thing is, um, yeah, yeah so th- I, I want to ask you because you're mm-hmm. a huge sports fan and you mm-hmm. mentioned that you watch women's wrestling, you watch, um, women's MMA. Why mm-hmm. haven't you been a fan of the WNBA? Because as a massive sports fan, you, you would be the person that people would expect to maybe watch that. You're absolutely right. And the what's thing the about it, what's, what you're not connecting to. That what I'm not connecting to is, I think Tavia touched upon it a little bit. They push it as, as like a kind of a parody, kind of like a second hit, like how the first XFL was kind of thing. That's kind of how it, 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 how it comes across. Like it's like, right. 
You know, uh, they don't make a big enough deal for it to be. They don't they don't push it like it's a big enough deal. They rarely talk about it on ESPN. Facts. You know what I'm saying? They they rarely talk about it on they talk about fucking poker and goddamn NASCAR on ESPN. They don't talk about fucking uh WNBA. So it's like, uh, where do I watch it? I don't even know what channels it comes on, bro. To be honest. <laughs> Like you literally, I would literally have to like research to, and it's really like it's it's not you know at at like our fingertips like every other sport is. You know what I'm saying? Right. They, 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 it has to be something really, 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 really remarkable that happens for them to even talk about it. So that's what's really like, like, kind of like I haven't been able to get into it. But as I said, if somebody invites me to a game, I'm always down to go because I've been to games before and I've supported and everything. But it's like I just don't know how or where to follow it. It's like that. It's like those like fucking animes that you don't know where the hell to find it at. Like I'm a Dragon Ball Z and a Naruto fan, but the other anime, I don't know where the hell to find them at. So that's kind of how they how it is. Like I would love to be like a fan of it, but how can I follow it? You know. And, and before we get off this subject, Matthew, um, your take on it, because you are a father of how many girls do you have? Two or three? Two. I have two. two. You have two, you're a father of two girls. What, what are your thoughts on it, especially of, about a sport that's all about women and that maybe in, in the future could, you, maybe one of your daughters could play the WNBA? Like, how do you think it, it could better improve on their marketing from, your, from being a dad? Of, well, of two um, girls? To piggyback on what Larry said, because I've, I, I've spoke, me and Dre have spoke about this before on, um, on a previous podcast and we, we, we went into depth about the WNBA and one of the ways to make it work to where it's accessible to everybody. One of my biggest things was, like Larry said, you don't really know where to find it. You have to scratch the earth to find it. I made a joke and said, like, I think it's on like channel ESPN Ocho or some shit of another where, like, you know, you gotta have like that ESPN connect in order to, in order to like watch certain things. Um, last time I seen the WNBA game, I believe it was on NBA TV. It might have even been on ESPN 3. I'm not really too sure, but it wasn't marketed. It wasn't like promoted like how the NBA is. You can watch TNT and you're gonna get like, oh, the battle of Texas. Dallas versus Houston. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's always a market there. There's always, like, a commercial that lets you know, like, oh, this game is about to happen. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. doing research on the WNBA for an episode that we, we, we stumbled upon certain players that, you know, are killing right now, like your Deladonna's or, like, you know, of course we know about Candace Parker. Of course we know, we know about Candace Parker because of what she did in college. We know of Lisa Leslie because she was the big boom for when the WNBA started. We know about Cheryl Swoops because we know how crazy she was, how real she was. We know about Diana Taurasi because we know about Diana Taurasi late in the latter part of her career. And she's been killing from the very beginning. So it's like there's never really commercials or advertisements to let you know what's, what, what's, what's happening in, in the WNBA. I think they had like one, one big um situation where they had NBA players talking about it. And 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 it worked for a little bit, but it didn't 
work to the point where you were you were like invested into it. You know what I'm saying? I think it's like 13 teams or 12 teams, if I'm not mistaken. There's a couple. It will also help if they opened, they brought in their market up a little bit and had other cities who are in desperate need for for, for like some type of basketball or some sports. But you know? franchising, but franchising and the W the WNBA is in every major market city in the country. You're right, but again, twelve you know teams really enough to like be invested into like the competition. Yeah, because if you're not watching twelve teams, why would you watch twenty four? I guess, like I said, it, it's hard to it's hard to like get invested when you don't see it as much. That's my biggest thing. I hope it does blow up even better. Like it's it's been it's been around since ninety seven. Yeah, ninety six, ninety seven. Here we are, two thousand twenty. So I mean, what is that like? That's like twenty three, twenty four years 23, ago. Yeah, twenty three years. I remember watching the first NBA Finals, the WNBA Finals that happened in July of July or August of ninety seven. And the thing is, and I get, and I partially agree with, with what you're saying, Matt, but I also think that it's play them around, too. They only pay these women maybe $100,000 a season. So they're not investing in the players, and they're not investing in the in the potential marketing. Now, during the summer, the, the, the NBA's offseason, they play WNBA stuff on NBA TV, but nobody's checking for it because nobody knows, like you said. They play it on ESPN. But nobody's checking for it. But the thing is, it happens, like, during the daytime. Like, no one's, like, people are normally out and about on Saturday mornings or Saturday afternoons not checking for a summertime game, especially with women that you don't really know. You want to hear something crazy? Like, the last time I was really invested in the WNBA was, like, back when the Houston Comets were, like, crazy. Yeah. They were killing. I think they had Cheryl Swoops. Um, Tina Thompson and um, what's her name? Cynthia Cooper, I think that's her name. It was Cynthia Cooper, yeah. Yeah, and and they were killing. I think they won like three titles or something like that. It was they were they were going in, like they were going. In. It was and it was like around the time of like Kobe and and, and Shaq. It was around that time. That might have been like the early two thousands or whatever the case may be. Like they were killing. That was the last time everybody was really in. Now I want to say I'm not going to say everybody invested. That was the last time I was invested, and then yeah. like it just kind of it just kind of like faded. Like, um. Yeah. So, like speaking to to wrap this part up, the WNBA did did, did get a new collective bargain agreement. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Mm-hmm. So, the maximum base pay will rise from will rise to two fifteen from one seventeen thousand. So 117,000 was their original base pay, their maximum base pay, but now will be 215,000. And players, top players can make more than 500,000 per year for their contract and that type of contract. That's still nothing. It's That's still nothing compared to, it's still nothing to what because, the NBA players get. Because a lot of top women's players in, who play in China, Russia, Turkey make seven, make seven figures. Um, yeah. With the new with the new deal, it includes benefits such as premium economy class status for all players for regular regular season air travel, individual hotel room accommodations, along with more support for child care and a liberal free agency system. And the deal also includes a fifty fifty revenue sharing model starting in the twenty twenty one season. 
Granted, this is not great, but it's better than what they had before. And they're working on doing more things to improve um, more compensation for the players because it's like, nowhere near enough. I get, exactly. I get, I get ninety five, ninety seven percent of what you said they're getting now. I get that. Yeah. So it's not, it's not that. And most players have have said that they just play for, they just play the WNBA because they always wanted to play in front of their family and friends in the states. Like their real money's from overseas because we all saw um, um, love and basketball. <laughs> we, we, all remember, we all remember that scene. We all remember that scene when she was at dinner with a homegirl, and she was saying, "Oh, you know, you can make mad money overseas, right? They treat us like queens over there." So yeah. things, things are changing within the within the WNBA, but but we all have to realize because you guys both mentioned a great point, which is that it's only been like little over twenty years the league's been around, mm-hmm. and it takes a while for a league to establish themselves as a powerhouse. Like the NBA got popping when Larry and Magic for per yeah. se, and got really popping with Magic. But it goes back to what Ta- what um Tavia said was Tavia said was that there's no superstar. It's Tavia. Thank she, you. <laughs> I knew she was gonna. I was gonna waiting. Fuck for y'all up. Fuck y'all up. Like what Tavia, like what Tavia said, it, there's no superstar. There's no mega superstar that's gonna bring you in and want, you want to connect to. But uh, we can move on to another draft that's going on right now, and that's the NFL draft. The NFL draft has is gonna be basically like an online like fantasy football type of thing going on right now. It's not. There's no green room. There's no people there because of what's going on in the world right now. And question: What is your favorite NFL draft class? Who going first? Larry, go first. I guess, yeah, I was about to say. I guess I'll start first. Um, I like the, to be honest with you, man, I like the 83 draft class, bro. Uh, 80, it's either 83 or 81 for me. Cause I know 83 had, um, John Elway, it had Dan Marino, uh, Jim Kelly. Those are Hall of Fame quarterbacks right now. Eric Dickerson still, uh, holds some records, uh, as a running back in LA for the Rams and stuff like that. Uh, my other one has got to be, uh, 81, the 1981 draft. You know, it has the GOAT, my, my, my opinion of the GOAT, Lawrence Taylor. The man is, is the greatest linebacker to ever play the fucking game. And he's undefeated yeah. at WrestleMania, so the man could do it all. There you go. Lawrence Taylor, uh, Ronnie Lott, who I loved, who actually, when I was playing Little League, Football Pop Warner, I actually, uh, used to model my game after. I had mm-hmm. Mike Singletary as well in the 81 draft that he was, uh, the middle linebacker, actually the head of the greatest defense of all time, the 85 Bears. You know, so I like the 81 class too. It had Howie Long as well, I believe, I think. I, I, I gotta, um, I think, uh, the 83, I, I think it was either Dan Marino or John Elway that picked first. I, not sure. I, I want to say John Elway, though. I think it was John Elway. I, I'm not sure. Though. I'm like 90% sure of John Elway. It's between those two, though. But those are my two top favorite draft classes of all time. Uh, you guys want to... Um... <laughs> Matthew, you can go. Uh, I, I want to say, like, my first notable one that I've ever really paid attention to. I want to say, like, the 2001 draft class. You know, I think 
That's the year of Ladanian Thompson, right, Drew right. Brees, Michael Ooh. Vick, Santana Moss, Reggie Wayne, Steve Smith. Right, hell yeah. I think um, Ocho Cinco was on that, that, that year too, right? Um, I believe so. I think he was 2002, though. I'm not sure. I got to check because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going off the top of my head with these shits. Yeah, I'm kind of – I've researched a little bit of it, you know. But um, my second one, I want to say, might be 96. That was the year that the Jets picked Keyshawn Johnson, number one so, overall. Yeah. They had yeah. Sean, they, that was uh, that was uh, Terrell Owens. They had that year too, ninety six. Yeah, they had some good. Alvin Harrison, yeah, Brian Dawson, Ray Lewis. So yeah, Hell those yeah. are my two favorites. And ninety eight with Peyton Manning. I mean, think about this, bro. Peyton, uh, ninety eight had arguably the greatest quarterback of all time, and arguably. The worst quarterback of all time, or we would say bust of all time. And the funny thing about that is, I'm talking about Ryan Leaf. For anybody who doesn't know what the hell I'm talking, I know who I'm talking about, because he went no, I'm talking two. about the listeners, the listeners who don't know. Don't. Uh, yeah, that's the fun. The funny thing is, in hindsight, they didn't know who the fuck to pick, bro. The Indianapolis Colts literally was going back and forth. Who's better, Peyton Manning or Ryan Leaf? Because coming out of college, they literally was like. Neck and neck, like what the hell? Who should we pick? Who should we pick? Luckily for the Colts, they made the right decision, you know. And then um, the the Chargers, they was like, all right, fuck it, we'll take Ryan Leaf. I mean, guess we'll take him. He's not bad at all. He's pretty damn good. And look what happened. Yeah, I, I don't. The funniest thing, the weirdest shit. If you told somebody right now that didn't know, they'd probably slap you because they're like, wait, they didn't know who was better between Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. What the he fuck? Was a, he was the highest in trophy as far as he was pretty good. He was damn good, man. So they was yeah. like both coming out. Indianapolis was like, yo, damn, who should we pick? We don't fucking know. We had fucking five months. We've been on the clock and we still don't know. So, Bro, the last time I heard about this nigga, he was on the Cowboys, wasn't he? Ryan Lee? Uh, I believe, no, he, um, he had a whole bunch of on-field issues, off-the-field issues. Fucking press conference, post game press conference issues where he wanted to beat up a fucking member of the media or some shit like that. Julian Seau had to come hold him back and put him in his place. Like, dog, we don't do that shit here, bro. Like, all types of shit. He he just wasn't ready for the pros. Like mentally, physically, emotionally. Not too many, y'all. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And I said that before. I said like the NFL is like. They carried it. They're like a type of league that carried itself like on some. They they really move like Christians. You know how like Christians are very judgmental and they're like they're like shun you to death if you do something yeah. wrong. That's how the NFL operates. So it's like if you do some off the wall shit, i.e. Antonio Brown, dumbass, oh, <laughs> or like that, they'll, they'll just literally like cast you, like they'll cast you off that island. If they feel if they're against you, you'll never you'll hardly ever get back into the league. Oh, absolutely not. Look at Kaepernick; he is not getting back into the league. I don't see that ever happening. I don't care what he says. Not even Antonio Brown. Look at this motherfucker. He's the John Jones of the NFL. He really is. I said that. Everybody was looking at me. What I'm talking about? Miss Miss Captain Falcon. Are you there? I think she got us on mute. 
You see, you know, I try to put myself on mute so I don't cut you guys off when you're talking, and then I yeah. forget, and then I talk. But anyway. <laughs> um, What's your draft class? <laughs> your favorite draft class. <laughs> All right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention the 89, the class of 89, which has okay. um, Barry Sanders, Neil Ooh. Dion, Troy Aikman, even Andre Risen. Was that was a damn class. good class. With, but, uh, Buffalo, from Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, Isn't poor, that's the dude that a left guy burnt his house down, right? Sure was. That's what I was about to say. Poor Andre Rising. Sure I know. Because right? I get, the, I get um, Rising and Reed mixed up. I keep forgetting which one it was she dated. It was Andre Rising. Was it Andre Rising or Andre yeah. Reed? It was probably That's what all going to be remembered for. Is that. Yeah, for real. And he was a hell of a football player. No, he but, was damn good. Yeah. But you always going to remember his house getting burned down by my girl left yeah. guy. <laughs> and then... um. I also like the 96 class, too. Yeah. Um, you know, with the Rainbow with Keyshawn class. and stuff. Yeah. And then going a little contemporary, I will go with the 2007 draft class. Okay. That saw, um, I believe, Marshawn came in through that class. Adrian Peterson came in through that class, too. Uh, I'm trying to think of the names. Darrell Revis came in during that class. Revis Island! The silent, yeah, hell yeah, yeah. That so was a good class too. That hell was yeah. a decent, uh, a fairly decent class. And then for me, I guess my sentimental giant favorite, like the 2004 class, was pretty oh, decent as far as like, quote, like quarterbacks were concerned and such. Or like you know, you had Ben Roethlisberger and Eli mm-hmm. and Phil Rivers. I think came in through that class yeah, too. Same, so, yeah, all three of them. Yeah, so those are I would say my top three. Funny story about um 2007 with Marshawn Lynch. Obviously, him being a West Coast boy, he's never been to the East Coast. And just like everybody, like, they watch movies and they see New York City. They see the Iron Jungle. They see Manhattan. They see all the tall buildings and shit. Marshawn got drafted to Buffalo. Yep. So um on draft night, they sent a plane for him. He, he flies over. He lands in New York. Buffalo, New York, this is. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, where are all the tall buildings? He's thinking of New York City. He's thinking of Manhattan. <laughs> That's a funny story. He's sitting there like, yo, what the fuck? I didn't know this is New York. I thought New York didn't even have fields and shit. I actually dealt with people like that, too, when I went there in high school. When I went down to, like, this, like, um high school combine type of shit. And, like, some of the players, we were, at the time, 17 years old. They were like, yo, from New York? I'm like, yeah. They're like, where do y'all play at? <laughs> I'm like, where do you play at? They're like, we play on football fields. Do y'all have, like, parks and fucking football fields there? I'm like, yeah. Like, the only thing they think of New York is concrete and fucking buildings and shit. My bad. Go ahead, guys. I, no, that's, that's too a far. great story. <laughs> that's funny as hell. That's what a lot of people who've never been to New York, that's what they think about. Like when they that's how they think of New York, just Manhattan. They think they think Times Square. They think Flatiron District. They think Battery Park. That's it. Shit horrible. I mean, but yeah, you gotta live out here to know well, live out there to know New York is more than just yeah. you know, the, the buildings and stuff. It's actually a state. New York City's not the state. This <laughs> is crazy. So who would you guys say would be the worst? The one, like if if you had to go back to like the number one draft picks, right? Who mm-hmm. would you if you had to say who was the worst number one draft pick of all time to you? 
Ooh. Oh. Well, that's uh, that's that's tough because a lot of the one number one zap. Uh, oh, you. Uh, I got. Uh, I know who. Um. Dude from. Nah, I'm not even gonna say. No, that was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was number one that year. That was 2012. Oh, yeah. I want to say. Um, I'm my my worst overall number one pick, Rick Meyer, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. I think it was '93. I want to say it was, and that's when I was like, that's the first time ever I was like, oh shit, <laughs> number one draft pick could actually suck. This motherfucker, he. Basically was, he was the number one overall draft pick. Seattle was looking for a quarterback and they were, they had the last, uh, the last, the, the lowest record the year before prior to that. And he came in, he basically couldn't throw to his left side or something like that. Or was he left handed, couldn't throw to his right side. It was, it was one of the two. Whatever hand he was, he literally couldn't throw to the other side, the opposite side. Like rolling out to the opposite side, he was struggling. So teams just said, okay, well, how about we rush him on his strong side and force him to do that? And that's basically what they did. Easiest motherfucker ever. He got exposed. That was it. He was out of there. So I go with Rick Myra. I would personally go with Alex Smith. Okay, that's a good <laughs> That's pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. She's absolutely right about that because I used to get on Alex Smith all all the, the time. time. Me too. Yeah, yeah, man. You too, right? Like, yeah. And the funny man. thing is, like I said earlier, uh, the Indianapolis Colts—they actually made the right decision when they're like, "Who should we pick?" Who should we pick? All right, we're going to Peyton Manning. The Forty ers did not. <laughs> they, they were like, "Who's better, Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers?" Oh, who should we pick? Who should we pick? They were pretty much in the same exact predicament. But they chose the wrong one. They chose Alex Smith instead of Aaron Rodgers. So yeah, <laughs> I'm freaking mess. Who would you say, man? Demarcus Russell. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck? Oh we- god. <laughs> Yo, that's probably Matt. You probably have the best answer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> like, I didn't understand Fact. that shit. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, what's the what's the dude that the Rams picked up? The fuck was his name? Bradford or some shit like that? Oh, oh you talking about Sam Bradford? Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't that bad though. Uh, he, he was, was um, bad. he was bad, but he wasn't that, but he was on the level of the dudes the Browns be picking up. Like, uh, what's his name? Brady Quinn and shit like that. And he was on that level of bad. He wasn't on. Ryan Leaf and Jamarcus Russell level of bad. Right, can I say something that 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 kind of hurts my soul to even say because he was a Jet? What about Vinny Testaverde? Oh, 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 oh. Vinny yeah. wasn't that bad, yo, bro. He, he I guess he, it was he a Jet. No, he led y'all mother in '98. He led y'all motherfuckers to the to the AFC Championship. Man, he, they were twelve and four. That I think. Um, all right, that year y'all started off with Glenn Foley. The, uh, the, the, that was 98. Y'all started with Glenn, Fo- Glenn Foley, started off 0-2, I remember that shit, and then Glenn Foley got hurt, and I think the third game, Testaverde. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay, though, like, Tampa Bay people, they could have got Rod Wilson, they could have got, uh, what's the dude, Bennett? They could have, but the thing is, they, ha- they were looking for a quarterback, it's all about needs, though. Yeah, you know, what did he do? A lot of motherfuckers, they, 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 they,
nothing. You're right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but just speaking no. hindsight being 2020, though. See, yeah. If you're, yeah, but if you're a team, you, you're coming, you, we, we desperately need a quarterback. We could use a corner, but we already have a pretty damn good corner, but we desperately need a quarterback. You're going to go with Vinny Testaverde because he was good coming out of college. A lot of players were exceptional in college, and they come to the NFL and they're not that good, and then vice versa. Look at Tom Brady. He was ah, in college, and now all of a sudden he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in the NFL right now, you know? So Well, that's, well, that's because of um, – well, never mind. I, I'll shut up. I know exactly what he's gonna say. It's Bill Belichick, bro. Okay, let's not let's not let's not um take away. I knew he was gonna say that. Phenomenal. Oh boy, because that system is great. I will not take away from Tom Brady's legacy because he's throwing the ball and he's reading he's reading the defense and everything. But but people are not giving Bill Belichick his his respect. By the way, my number one worst draft bust ever is Tim Couch. Okay, that was from the Browns. Yeah. That was from the Browns. Yeah. Ninety nine. Yeah. He was yeah. supposed to be the next big thing. He was six He was six four. Had a crazy arm. Come to find out, he was as dumb as a rock. He mm-hmm. couldn't read plays. He couldn't read mm-hmm. the playbook. They had to simplify everything. They basically made an NFL offense like a high school offense. Right, for him. And he still, yeah, he still couldn't get it. That's that's my bust for you guys because he was bad. He was he bad. Was bad. Yeah. <laughs> they had to simplify this because, you know, coming out of – they. Not only do they have a combine for physical test, they, they have a mental test for these players too. They give them wonder lick tests, all types of shit, how, how well they can process information and remember shit. And a lot of these motherfuckers, they just, <laughs> they fail. They flunk at that shit. Like they can't remember information. They can't process information properly. You know, they have a really shit, a shitty, uh, NFL football IQ. So. And it's, it's, dog, it's, it's, it's like a different level from the pros to college. It's a different level, oh. man. From when I, when I went from high school to college, man, the playbook in high school was basically like an inch thick. The fucking playbook in college, motherfuckers had to put it in a binder, bro. And then going from college to the pros, it's even bigger than that. So, yes, it man, is. It's levels to this shit, man. It's levels to this shit, bro. Me, yeah, I just thought um, I had to do something. Like I, I had a bigger responsibility. Yeah, man. There, there was a particular um, football player. I forget his name. He was supposed to go to um, law school, but he decided to play football. And mm-hmm. he he said, this is verbatim, he was like, the NFL playbook was bigger than my books in law school. Probably, yeah, like, I believe him. That's how crazy that, that like, jump is. Because you got to learn mm-hmm. so many Scheme. And they keep adding to stuff because remember the NFL is a is a league that copies off everybody. Right. So if this is working for one team, I'm gonna add that to my playbook. Right. And, and then when you're it, scouting for one team, that you have to add constant constant adding. Yeah. Like NFL coaches, they don't get any rest, bro. They wake up. They a lot of coaches sleep in the fucking office, bro. <laughs> they sleep in the office, bro. During the, the, the that six months of the season 
It's hard, bro. They deserve that offseason, to be honest, bro. And Yo, they go right back to work, bro, too. A real question, though, because I think everybody's here playing football. For me, I felt like like studying the defense playbook was a lot harder than studying the offense playbook. Yes, it was. It definitely yes, it was. was. Yeah. Defense is definitely I, vital. Yeah. You know why it is, though? Because offense is pretty It's pretty much the standard bearer, the identity of your team. If you're a running team, a smash mouth mm-hmm. running team, that's us. That's our identity. You're a passing team. You got a guy like Peyton Manning. That's us. That's our identity. We spread offense. We're passing. We don't give a fuck. That's us. You got to stop yeah. us. Defense, you're pretty much adapting to everybody you're playing against. You know what right. I'm saying? So if you're going to yeah. play one week against a smash mouth running team, that week your defense coordinator got to be in a dark room right now coming up with a scheme to stop that. Then week two, you're playing against Peyton Manning and his spread offense. Now you got to play a completely different defense to adapt to that offense. That's that's exactly why, man. It's Every week is something different, bro. Facts. I used to hate that shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, to this day, I played, probably, I played two years in high school, you know, football. You know, I played, you know, street football, of course. But yeah. one of the main things I used to love, like, granted, everybody likes playing offense, you know, but that's where the glory goes, too, right? But me, I personally, because I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with the, around this time, you know, everybody wanted the most people. I wanted to stop that shit at every cost. <laughs> I used to look forward to playing safety or, or playing a corner. And it was kind of prime upon for me to play corner because I was so short, but I was so fucking fast. And I hit the shit out, so I made sure you could. And you could jump, too. Exactly. So it was like, I used to love playing defense. Don't get me wrong, I had my bread and butter on special teams and and, and was returning and, you know, sometimes playing halfback and shit, but that was about it. So, like, strong safety and fucking corner, that was my bag. I love that shit. Nah, anybody yeah. can do a 450 splash got hang time. I know that. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> That's, man. That shit was fun, bro. Sometimes I'm like, damn, maybe I should play football, and then I wake up and then roll over, and my back is killing me. And I'm like, fuck <laughs> that. Fuck <laughs> 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 that. Is, bro. But, yeah, man, I love defense, man. I don't know about y'all. I know Tate plays center. Yeah. But, I mean, you ever played defense or you played in the other Yeah, I was also a right tackle before. Oh, hey. You was out there. Yeah, I was out there in the streets. I was out there in the streets. Yeah, man. I love the defense portion of it. Even though, like I said before in prior uh, podcasts, you know, you can't do nothing without your offense. Like Larry said, your offense is the identity of your team. But your defense is at the heart of, of how aggressive you can be on that field. And your defense has to be flexible enough and talented enough to be able to, like Larry said again, you know, look at every different type of team you're playing each week. So the, I, found, I found that the defensive teams that I've played for before and that I root against, we had to work harder than the offensive teams to me. I played the South Shore. We always had to play. Oh. <laughs> well, shout out to the Vikings. My baby brother played for the Vikings a few years okay, back. Okay, nice, nice. You know, yeah. that's our life growing up. You know, I'm a Canarsie chief, so that was our cross neighborhood, right? So, <laughs> I didn't know. My, my point of time was playing in, in, in Canarsie, too. 
Man, let me tell you something. Game, game, I feel got jump. It was the most jumping field in the fucking city. Well, I'm just gonna yeah. say Brooklyn and out of Brooklyn because Staten Island, they got they got live. They got live in Staten Island. But Brooklyn, we got fucking live, bro. Like a game yeah, day, it was crowded. People were like standing around the gate that didn't even go inside our fucking field inside inside the fucking arena, stadium and shit. People, the projects across the street, they was on their fucking terraces and shit, on their balconies looking and shit. We had yeah. the drums out there. We had the band, cheerleaders, everything. Yo, I, man, I miss it, bro. It was, it was well, I I, when I went to my first, my first um, two years in high school, I went to Nazareth and I was a cheerleader. So we all oh. Canarsie with our home field. Yeah, yeah, you shared for for with Nazareth for a little while, like yeah. um, yeah, yeah. Was our home field. Cause Who's y'all were there, I think, on a Sunday. Who's your favorite player? Who's it? Who's your two favorite teams to play? Cause mine was always Sheep Shed and Canarsie. Who was y'all? I used to love going out to Staten Island, playing in Staten Island. Cause yeah. first of all, back in the days, they were the only team that had lights. Like, so yeah. it would always be night games in Staten Island. Like, some Queens teams and some, like, Bronx teams had lights, but yeah. Staten Island, all their teams, Wagner, Curtis, uh, Tyler yeah, mm-hmm. they, um, uh, was it McKee? They had, mm-hmm. like, lights. So every time you played away at them, it was a night game. And then the entire fucking neighborhood would be there. They would have so many girls there and everything. <laughs> so it was fun there. My favorite so team was Tottenville. We used to cheer against Tottenville. Like, it was a long ride out to Tottenville, too, because Tottenville yeah, was kind of deep oh, on Staten Island. And yeah. everybody would just sit on a bus and stew. Yeah. And be ready. Because it, it was a lot of racist nonsense going on during my time, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell, yeah. So, so we used to be ready. The 50s. The so, quickly, quickly, guys, because you guys are talking about memories. Everybody <laughs> remembers Jordan's, Jordan's final run, correct? Yeah. Well, as a bull, as a bull, as a bull, of course. Mm-hmm. As a bull, uh-huh. yeah. So, there's a new documentary that's coming out. It's called The Final Dance. It talks about Jordan's 97-98 Bulls team. Oh, and wow. recently, there's been some comments coming out that Jordan feels that this this documentary is going to put him in a bad light. So, the, so the question is, do you think Jordan ever was in a good light in the first place when it came to his attitude? Hell no. Yes. If you weren't a, a Bulls fan, you see, we're coming from a different POV, Matt, because we were not Bulls fans. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But during that time, there was Michael Jordan was very much in control of the narratives that came out about him. And it was okay for him to be aggressive. It was, it was like if this man was putting 45 points a game on his back, it's like if he's getting frustrated, that's fine. But now it's like you, you're seeing how much of a – shitty teammate he could have been mm. to his teammates and stuff like that. So, yeah, it puts him in a different light. And to piggyback on what Tavia said, I know, like, I always speak in a negative light about LeBron in a sense, but you got to look at it like this. Jordan then is LeBron in the situation now where he's pretty much the NBA's golden goose. So, yes, he controlled his own narrative. There's nothing that nobody can tell anybody different about that situation, and you hear a lot of people say bad stuff about Jordan, and it's always washed away, or you're, or you're looked at as a hater, because at the end of the day, the Bulls dominated the fucking 90s. That's just what it was. 
they dominated the nineties. So you look at players like Isaiah Thomas or uh like players like fucking Drexler and all these other players that were actually good. They were really, really good. But they were overshadowed by Michael Jordan. And then you got your Patrick of, Ewans of the world who's gonna always be looked at like he, he never could get the job done. Why? Because he had to run into that fucking Chicago Bulls team. And who controlled the narrative of that Chicago Bulls team? Michael Jordan. Nigga got away with everything. That's just what it was. Nigga's an asshole. Respect him. Greatest of all time. But he was an asshole. We all know it. There's so much shit bad about Jordan that's being said. And that has been done with us growing up. And when he was out the league, and you find out more shit about Jordan, like all the shit that he puts his money towards, the fact that his Jordan, his sneakers are so fucking priced high. But then Stephon Marbury was trying to borrow because he was he was trying to put out under twenty dollars sneakers and uh-huh. shit. Like, I you gotta look that. at shit like that. Like it, it's a fucked up situation. I don't give a fuck how Jordan feels. Raise you know what? Yeah, but, but you is. but you know what the difference is too. It's like we always res- even though I wasn't necessarily like the biggest Kobe fan, I always respected his tenacity, and that's something that you grew to expect from him. You get what I'm saying? But with Michael Jordan, he was like the the poster child for the NBA of the 90s. So where he's a mainstream star and starring in Space Jam, you wouldn't think that he was like this cocky, arrogant asshole to his teammates. You get what I'm saying? Like this this documentary is going to give you, like not for people like me and Matt who were not fans of his, you get what I'm saying? But people who were fans of his, it's going to give you a, you're going to kind of be surprised. Everybody wanted to look like Dennis Rodman was the asshole of that goddamn. And he wasn't the asshole. He wasn't the asshole. He was was an alcoholic, and he was hard to manage. No, you just see that Horace Grant to this day because he left the Bulls and went to fucking Orlando, not knowing that Horace Grant was one of the key players in that Bulls team. And yeah, he was. He didn't, get, he didn't get his just due. They lowballed him on his fucking contract. Yes, they did. Like, be real. People don't want to remember that. They don't remember that narrative. They just want to look at it like, oh, Horace Grant just wanted his own team. They had nothing to do with him wanting his own team. My man was a key point in that goddamn Bulls, that Bulls team. It was Scotty, it was Jordan, and it was him. But no, but they did not want to get that man no encourage. Get courage is just new. But let's be real. Horace Grant should have got more money than they offered him. Yes, he should have. Because of the numbers that the, the defensive numbers that he was putting up to. Yeah, at times he was a better defender than Scotty. Facts. Speak that shit, eh? Speak that shit. You get what I'm And he was a more. I feel like he was a more consistent player, and he was somebody who was humbled and played. You get what I'm saying, like. Me, I was always very critical of the Bulls. I can never even, you see, you're you're better than me. I will not even fix my mouth to say Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael Jordan is the goat. <laughs> it sounds like Iron Sheik getting them both mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I give it to Judge Dude. It's like that's what I'm saying. I'm a, at the end of the day, I am a basketball fan. I play ball. Like I studied the game hard. Growing up, I had studied people that I had to, like, I studied Penny. I studied Tim Hallway. I studied fucking J.R. Ryder, Glenn Rice. When oh, I yeah, to, those are my guys. When I went to try to learn how to do shit on my left hand, I had to study Glenn Rice. 
That was the only dope ass left handed player that I knew. The he's who I looked. He's who I looked up to because I was a left handed player. You get what I'm saying? And there weren't too many people who played left handed like me. Yeah, J.R. Ryder, another one, left-handed yeah. player. And, and, and J.R. Ryder don't get half the, half the credit of how good he fucking was. Half. Because I think his off-court... Yeah, his off-court shit kind of overshadowed his on-court shit, too. People go through that shit time at time. Michael Jordan was a fucking gambler. Bad. And they fucking highlight. That's what I'm saying. That's Bad. what I'm saying. But J.R. Ryder gets... Fucking blackballed and, 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 and he, like, he can't make all-star games, but he's averaging more than niggas like Michael Finley. Come on, bro. Like, this, this, this is shit that you gotta look at. Like, there are people gonna look at this documentary. I haven't seen it. I'm gonna watch it. We ain't got, all the, we ain't got no other shit to watch. We're all in quarantine. Niggas need basketball. Sorry. I can only watch with so much Allen Iverson YouTube clips, goddammit. I can't do it no more. I got to watch With J.R. Ryder, the fact with J.R. the fact that it was his drug use and his violence that off the court that kind of overshadowed how talented he was on the court. And the thing is, too, like with Jordan, it, it's the same thing that you could say with Tom Brady. Like I always say before, was it Jordan or was it Phil Jackson? I don't know. Phil Jackson has a has a reputation of starting up the star players too. I don't know if he did. I'm I'm willing to find out. He was a catalyst in that. He was a catalyst in that. But also, like, when Jordan wasn't on the the Bulls, you can never say, like, oh, you know, when he brought the Wizards a championship, because he didn't. So how how is he the GOAT? I'm not how bad he was as a teammate on the Wizards, because Jerry Stackhouse just came out not too long ago. Saying like he felt like Jordan being on the on Washington hindered him. Granted, granted, Jerry Stackhouse had all the room in the world with prior teams before he got to the fucking Wizards to be as great as he thought of himself in his head. Not saying he was a bad player. Yeah, not saying he was a bad player, but I get it. He was injury. He was injury. He was plagued by injuries too. Because when he came into the league in about, what, 95, him and Grant Hill came around the same time. They were supposed to be the next two biggest stars in the NBA. You know what I'm saying? And they were both marred by injury. So you really can't compare them. You know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're the could have been. Right. Even though Grant Hill had a lot of longevity, he played until he was, what, 38, 39 years old? Mm-hmm. But he didn't live up to his full expectations. Grant Hill was a big fucking deal. I know, but we just gonna gloss over that Peyton Sunderland. That's all I know. Just do that. But he had, but he had old dad Steve Nash, who was about the same age as him, still running circles around motherfuckers. Hey, Steve Nash is a national treasure. We're not gonna do that. It's true. <laughs> We're gonna respect that Canadian. It's true. But the same way that people, but the same way that people could fix their mouth and be like, oh, well, you know, Tom Brady isn't the goat because of Belichick. The same thing I feel with Jordan. I feel like people, he was good at the mental game. That psyched people out before he even stepped on the court. You're like, well, damn, I'm going to play against Jordan. He's going to wear me out all night. And guess what he did? Because you went in there with that mindset. He wore you out all night. Boy, the people who didn't come, the people who didn't come into the game with that mindset, Jordan really didn't do shit against. Like he couldn't, he couldn't stand against Oakley when Oakley was at his best. You know why? Because Oakley wasn't hearing that shit. You want to hear something funny? I don't know if any of y'all listen to all the smoke that Stephen Jackson and um, Matt Barnes podcast. 
Um, they had Kevin Garnett on there not too long ago. And KG told the story about his first time playing on the court with Mice. And with J.R. Ryder, he was like, J.R. Ryder was horsing him. Horsing him. And you know, KG is shit talking. But he was just like, get these hyping up J.R. Ryder. Like, yo, he can't fucking hold you. Give it to that nigga. Give it to that nigga. And he was like, yo, Mike was just shaking his head, looking at him. He was like, J.R. Ryder was so fucking shook. And he's like, yo, he went to Michael Jordan and apologized like, he young, man. He don't know no better. Michael Jordan went off in that fourth quarter. Right. It's that mental thing. It's it's the it's the mental prowess that he had more than skill. His skills were 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 excellent. But what makes him the goat is that mental control that he had over his opponents, based on his arrogance. (laughs) I mean, it's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. He was arrogant. (laughs) Go ahead, Larry. Because we're taking the We're biased. You already know how we get down. I mean, Jordan is saying it exposed him and how he talked to his teammates. I want to keep it funky, bro. It's I've been in a, 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 a quite a few locker rooms in my day <laughs> with uh, various sports. Um, Yo, what's that? And, well, what's that water sound? I'm sorry, um, I'm cleaning chicken. Oh, oh, I, I, thought, I, thought Matt, I thought Matt was taking a piss or something. I was like, yo, bro. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm cleaning. Yo, yo, yo Wilkins ain't say shit in like a half an hour. Now, all of a sudden. <laughs> I'm getting ready oh. to make dinner for the, yeah, get ready to make dinner. Oh, nice. Yeah, clean that chicken. Take care of your chicken. Hell yeah. <laughs> Take care of your chicken. Take care of your chicken. (laughs) (laughs) But go ahead, Larry. Go ahead, Larry. Oh, yeah. No, I've been in quite a few uh, locker rooms in my day, and Jordan is saying it's making him look bad, and um, people are, oh, Jordan's a dick. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Some of the shit that's said in the locker room, bro, (laughs) I mean, like, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to Jordan, like, you know, Hearing the shit he said, I'm like, oh, that's not bad. Come on now. I've heard motherfuckers straight up call motherfuckers out. You're fucking pussy. Yes. Your mother should have, like, fucked a dude that was way more athletic than your own dad. Maybe you would have got more fucking <laughs> athletic genetics in your... I've heard some some wild shit said to some people. Son. So it's, it, it happens, man. That's why they say... Uh, shit sustain the locker room. Whatever happens in the locker room, sustain the locker room. So Jordan is no different than any other teammate trying to hype up his team or just getting in the head of one of his teammates like, yo, dog, I need you to do better. Like, what the fuck? Shit, this shit ain't like, you know, like this sensitive era now. Everybody's offended by everything. You know? Everybody's saying, right? Everybody's a bitch. Say yeah, everybody's a, bitch. a fucking bitch now. I'm surprised people even still play sports now. I'm surprised nobody is fucking found sports fucking offensive. Oh, oh, this one didn't get a trophy. He's offended. Well, he didn't play good enough. Fuck that. There was no such fucking thing as, as honorable mention. If you didn't play good, you don't get a fucking trophy. Nowadays, everybody, oh, let's, let's make him get a trophy just to feel good. You got motherfucking, I, I went to a Little League game maybe like two years ago, a little fucking, a Pop Warner game, and now they have this thing where everybody has to play equally equal time 
what the fuck? <laughs> right. But 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 Larry, but look, there's a fine line. There's a fine line between en- encouraging your teammates to be better. That's my what the fuck. And being, uh, and being a complete asshole. You know what I'm saying? There's a big difference. Because at the end of the day, you rely, your teammates prevent other motherfuckers from injuring you on that court too. So if they don't That's feel true. that type of respect from you, why should I respect you too? If you don't well, respect me, why yeah. should I respect you? I don't well, agree with everybody getting a participation trophy. And I do believe that you have to right. have a little bit of tough love. You get what I'm saying? But there yeah, has to be. There's love, uh, not with the tough. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're just being tough to be tough and be an asshole, then you're just an asshole. No, and not true. a good teammate. No, it has a fine line. That's why you got to say it from a, you know, from a place of love, from a place of respect. You know, you got to love his teammates. Respect. He ain't love them. He ain't love them. <laughs> he ain't even talk to them. Oh, that's a pity. Yeah, I heard that. He ain't talk to nobody. He ain't even talk to them. I heard he the same thing. Huh? He only heard, heard I think Ryan Harper. Maybe Ron Harper. No, I've been hearing. Uh, this is why, like, once I became an adult, or maybe even, like, late teen years, maybe 19, 20, 21. Um, this is why I was like, okay, Kobe is for sure my favorite player of all time. Because since, like, you know, grow up, I'm six, seven, eight, nine. Oh, Michael Jordan, he, everybody loves Michael Jordan. That was my favorite player. You know, idolize him. But then when I got older, I started hearing how much of a fucking dick he was from like different sources and all types of shit. How he didn't even talk to his teammates. How he was disrespectful. Right. How he hardly even shook hands with fans or took pictures or a fan would be like, "Hey, can I take a picture?" No, not now. I'm busy. Yeah, I've heard it, from dick. So that's when I was like, "Oh, I like Kobe." You know. <laughs> and the but thing is, Kobe like was that. tough love. Kobe was yeah. Kobe was tough love with his teammates. You know what I'm saying? It was all it was in his mind for them to win, and you never question his killer mentality. But with Jordan, it was about his brand and being see, saw, saw seen as the greatest of all time because he mm-hmm. knew how talented he was. Bro, my, I was I, I I started believing the rumors when I read like not even read I think I heard uh, an interview with him and he was just like he just they, they he basically addressed the fact that teammates were talking bad about him and he just said I didn't I don't really care. I didn't care if I broke them or anything. I just needed them to perform better. If they don't perform better, I'm gonna say what the fuck I gotta say. If they get broke, then that's their problem. That's not my problem. For him to say something like that, like don't be wrong. This like like I said, this is a this is a difference between tough love and just being an ass. Like mm-hmm. Kobe was a tough love type of player. Like him and Shaq, this the, the that shit is legendary. But he get at, he got at Shaq because he know how great of a player Shaq was. Right. And Shaq plays better, pissed the fuck off. So he made it his diligence to piss Shaq the fuck off. Just when he needed Shaq to perform what he had to do, he would piss Shaq off. There's a difference from saying that and just saying like you're complete fucking trash, and if you don't fucking do what you're supposed to do, you're traded. Because he had that type of fucking power at the time. It's fucked mm-hmm. up. It's a, it's a, cause now you're talking about people's fucking, like, like their jobs. You're talking about their, their, their income. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's livelihoods that you're fucking with. Why? Cause you're trying to prove how great you are as right. a player. Right. It's a team aspect. It's a, it's a team aspect. It's a team so, aspect. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But, but I think. That's the type I, of negative reinforcement that ruins people's careers. 
So you know, you, you know what my thought is on this? Um, I'm, I'm gonna step in real quick because I because I I love Jordan. I always did. I grew up on Jordan, and but wow, wow. but the difference between <laughs> haters are gonna haters are gonna hate. But the difference between Jordan and Kobe, Jordan was never humbled. Nobody ever stepped up to Jordan and was like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Very few times. And the people that did that were shipped away. Right. So when you look at Kobe's career, Kobe was humbled a couple times in his career. Let's be real. When he first came Man. into the league, he was, no, hold on. He, he was put on the bench. He didn't get no minutes, really. And he starts growing, starts growing. And, and then there's numerous times throughout his, 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 his career where people pulled him to the side and had conversations with him. This goes into back to back of what you guys are saying, what Miss um, Kathy Falcon's talking about. Jordan only cared about his brand. And nobody ever said anything to Jordan to, to be like, yo, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Yo, chill the fuck out. He was never yeah, humble. Like, really think yeah. about Jordan's career. The stories that we hear about it. He was never humble. Because yeah, he, he should have been humble when his father was fucking murdered. Like, exactly. But, but that, he should have been. But the, thing, but the thing about it, the conspiracy theories go, when that happened, what happened? The NBA sent, the NBA sent him to the um, MLB. They protected him. He was mm-hmm. always protected. He was always protected. He was always seen as such the... He, he's that annoying um, prize, like, you know that super smart kid that never gets yeah. in trouble because he's always protected? That was Jordan. Kobe yeah. was humble throughout his career. And he was always yeah. told, you're fucking up. And and the thing about what humbled Kobe and what made him great was Shaq. Exactly. That because, whole feud rivalry. Sure. Yes, because he always knew that Shaq was, that was more valuable to the Lakers at a time. In the league. And, and, but, in the but, league. and Michael Jordan never had that. He was the most valuable person in the in the Bulls locker room and in the league. Yeah, he was. That's there's still the no justification. No, he there's played, no justification. Yeah, no he justification played team sports. He played team sports several times. It wasn't the, the NBA wasn't his first rodeo at team sports. It he was, was not, team it sports was from not. child. But also remember, he was never the star until he got to the NBA. Mm-hmm. When he was in UNC, he became a, a somewhat of a star, like a semi-star because of that shot. But before that, he was never a superstar. The NBA was the first real taste of superstardom. Right. And it's a different type of mentality, and, and it's no excuse. Once again, you're right, there's no excuse. But n- nobody humbled that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Nobody, pu- nobody literally punched him in the face and then continued playing. Because people that punched him in the face were shipped out the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that's what I'm saying. It goes you, know who the- humbled, you know who humbled Kobe Bryant? Who? Chris Childs. <laughs> Two pieces in the face. <laughs> Chris Childs with the New York Knicks jersey. <laughs> you never saw Kobe act like that on the court again. But this is what I'm saying. Like you gotta look at it in the aspect in, in, in those in, in that distance, right? It was clear Jordan was the league's poster child, right? Mm-hmm. Or Kobe's career, it wasn't like that because 
how Kobe's trajectory went. In the beginning, it was still Jordan's league. Jordan leaves, it's still technically, it's like it passed on to like Shaq. Cause Shaq was like the golden, the golden goose of the fucking league. And then after Shaq, it became LeBron. It was never Kobe. You know why it wasn't Kobe? And I hate to say, you know why I say it wasn't Kobe and I hate to say this? It's because the rape trial. I was about to say that. I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. Because remember when, he, when, when that happened, he got a, a ton of endorsement. He was about to become face of the league. Yeah, remember he was on that. his way there. They had just won the, the. They were. They had won finals already. Yeah, that was their third year. That yeah, was that third. was their third year. So he was. He was there. You get what I'm saying? And then what? Guess what? Right after the race all happened, guess who was coming up? LeBron. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying. The difference between. Kobe got humbled in so many goddamn ways, and 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 I'm I'm I hate to say it because I'm such a Kobe fan. I'm kind of glad that it played out the way that it played out because he became a better player, better man, better husband, better father. All of these things that these great things that you're hearing about Kobe now, he became that because he got humbled. Yeah, but he also grew up in the he also grew up in the league too. So it was a different type of responsibility put on this kid's shoulders. Then right. I would say to Jordan's, you get what I'm saying? Like, right. Jordan had his college career. You get what I'm saying? He was the first real superstar that everybody gave a fuck about sneakers and, and different merchandise. You get what I'm saying? Like, that was the, 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 the beginning of the NBA as a commercial business. More than just a sports league. So he was very valuable to them. The thing is with Kobe, he had the scarlet letter on his chest. Mm-hmm. And that was no matter, even though he was exonerated, it's still, when, you're, when your reputation is tarnished like that, it never goes back. It never goes back. Hell no. You'll I always know. be that. You'll like always that have that. You know what my favorite Kobe that. story is, though? What's up? Him, his relationship with Adam Morrison. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. So, like, for people who don't know who are listening, Adam Morrison was like a, well, well, did he go to Gonzaga? Was it Gonzaga he went to? Yeah. Yeah, Gonzaga. He was supposed to be like uh, the next, not, not the next big thing, but a really good NBA player, and it didn't pan out for him. Um, he gets into the league, ends up on the Lakers, and I remember when they won, the Lakers won their first championship, like post, post, um, Shaq. Like Shaq. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no. And then Morrison was out already for the team. And Kobe, see, per, Kobe, Kobe signing out Morrison like, yo, I know we didn't get a lot of minutes, but he was a, 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 a key part of us winning this championship. This championship. Yep, I remember that. Then, then there's another story of what Adam said, how Adam loves soccer, just like Kobe. I mean, football, football, quotations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they, 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 um, you know, Kobe's huge in Italy. Like, he, he knows all, he knows how to speak Italian. He speaks all the players. And there was a certain soccer player that Morrison was a fan of. And this is, once again, Morrison's off the team. Kobe sends a signed jersey to Morrison of his favorite soccer player. Then later on, he sees a picture of Kobe with that soccer player. And Kobe had asked that soccer player, can, can you sign this for Adam Morrison? Like, that's crazy. That shows a mm-hmm. level of compassion and, and empathy that I don't think Jordan ever knew about. Like if right. you treat your own, if you treat your own kids bad, that says something about you. Exactly. Like his, 
his kids don't like him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and it's very rare would, you hear that. Very rare. Like, like, it just says something about him. I respect what Jordan did for the league. Respect him as a player. I think I still think he's the greatest player of all time. We all do. That's a step for Tavia. But, <laughs> yeah, nah. Tavia's a Knicks fan. Tavia's a Knicks fan, and he destroyed the Knicks. Destroyed oh. the Knicks. <laughs> you hear this shit that they talking about Patrick Ewing in this sense? I mean, this shit is so. Oh, oh, that's another episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could we, we could end it on here, but that next episode you guys should talk no, about. No, we not we not gonna end it with y'all motherfuckers saying that Jordan is the best player of all time. We're not going there. <laughs> no, we're not ending this we're not ending this episode like that. I, feel, I I'm sorry and I might you know, me and Matt been on the same page half this episode, but I think LeBron's a better player than, than Jordan was and I think Kobe was a better player than Jordan was. All around as a teammate. Yeah. I think if if I had to go toe to toe Kobe or, or or Jordan, I'm gonna go with Kobe. I'm gonna have Kobe on my team before Jordan. Oh, I, why can't is that? Even, I can't even argue with that. I can't, I can't even like that? get back. I'm not gonna argue with that. Though. Because Kobe was a Kobe was a dope ass team player, right? And the thing is, what was and the thing the the only, the biggest difference between Kobe and Michael was that Michael's shit was kept under wraps. So I'm gonna need you to fix that. I'm gonna need you to fix that. He was a a great teammate towards the latter part of his career. I'm gonna need you Ooh. to say that, Kobe, Kobe, because when, old, a, when, he, was, when well, he was in Jersey he, eight, we talking about all we talking about all around. You know I, what I mean? And I the thing is, with Kobe, Kobe came out of straight out of high school, basically. So he didn't have that formation. You really learn how to be a pro player in college, right? So this kid, like I said before, he grew up in the league. And it was different. You know, you get the money, you get the problems, and all that stuff like that. Jordan's shit was kept under wraps. So people don't look at him with the tarnished eyes that they look at Kobe with. At all. You get what I'm saying? And I think that Kobe was a better consistent player. I think that... I think Kobe had more consistency. I think Kobe's mentality, the Mamba mentality was real. I felt that he was somebody that he he dominated with two different centers, two different basically core teams, and still was able to win two rings without Shaq. Right. Jordan didn't win none of his rings without Pippen. Hey, Shay Lyon, And like I said, that whole psych out mentality. People were scared to play Jordan before they got on the damn court. Mm-hmm. So that intimidation, that that killer mentality, it it was all around. Not just when he played against you, because you're so psyched out, you don't know where he's gonna go. So he's gonna beat you off the dribble every time. Every time. Shit, the only player that I ever see that wasn't scared to hold Kobe was probably Tony Allen. <laughs> that's the only play. That's the only play. Well, and Bruce Bowen, but Bruce Bowen got woo. But even but even look at but even look at how Kobe cut through defenses. I was watching the game when when it was like when Jeremy Lin was like the big deal with the Knicks and they played okay. against the Lakers and they were off the Lakers were off all night. And I hated Andrew Bynum by the way too. He set top two with Paul Pierce to me. Oh come on. <laughs> come I, on. I hated Andrew Bynum. He had a, he looked like one of them damn Jackson Five guys. 
I just want to smack him in his damn face. But anyway, that's a different. That's yeah, a different. You want to get on Andrew Biden? You better get on Paul Graham. That's what you need to do. Oh, yeah. he's not even in my stratosphere. <laughs> I, I, ooh, no. That you know what? I could write a whole poem about how much I hate Kwame Brown. But anyway, the this Kobe was good at the little things. Beating, you know, drawing the defense out to him so that somebody can get free in the paint. Jordan didn't do shit like that. You know that when Jordan put the ball in his hands, he was going to score. Jordan wasn't that te- that all-around teammate. So Kobe, to me, is better than Jordan. He's definitely smarter. He had he had a higher yeah. basketball IQ. Yeah, he's definitely smarter. Jordan had a, a stronger mental game. But anyway, we ain't going to finish that episode with Jordan being the best. I'm sorry. And that was my era. <laughs> That that was my era. I mean, my I used to hate my parents used to buy me Jordans every month, and I was like, "Yo, I hate this dude." But you wore them, right? I had no damn choice. I was Eleven, twelve years old. Like, what I'm gonna tell my parents? Well, no, I want a pair of Ewans and Shaq sneakers was black. Well, I would tell. I was like, I'm gonna wear some. I'm gonna wear some Ewans. It was either that or some Ken Griffey's. I mean, I used to wear one of the three. Look, Ken Griffey, they had, he had one hot sneaker, and that was 96. Look, I still wore them. I wore Ewan's, too. I was not wearing no Ewan's. Hey, and then there was a time that the Shaq sneakers were so ugly. And nobody was wearing Reebok then on their feet. It was like, if you wasn't wearing Nike, you was a scrub. And yeah. I told you my top three was Barkley, Griffey's, Jordan's or I just wore Uptowns. That was just that. You know what they call Uptowns now, these kids? They call them bummies. Bummies? Bummies. I think it's about time to end this goddamn episode. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, we know. Yo, we're not doing this shit today. This is what kid, because, you know, I know y'all got kids, and Tavia, you got kids. Like, no, the the, the, the slang. We're not doing this shit today. (laughs) <laughs> they call oh, no. That's called bummies. No, Why they call them bummies. I went to my, went, me and my daughter. Fuck they talk about? Me and my oh, daughter mind. went sneaker shopping. Me and my daughter went sneaker shopping. And one thing I, I love about my daughter, like we buy, try to buy her the best things, but she doesn't care. And then when I went to get her a pair of Uptown, she was like, "Mommy, you know they call them bummies." I was like, "I guess we not getting bummies today." I was like, yo, I'm going to get some construction. She's like, what's construction? It said, oh, oh, Butters. I want to punch them in the face. I said, what? You're from New York. You will not call them Butters. Construction centers. That's what they call them. Construct. Get in the They used to call them cheese. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. Well, Wilkins, we out. All right, guys. Good show. It's a good episode, man. It's been a good show. You guys stay safe in this world today. That's going on now. And I need a drink. I'm tired of this wine shit. I'm about to go buy me three more bottles. All right. We're not going to end off this episode week like that. I'll end it off us. For Sir Wilkins of the Java Tears Podcast. For BK Matt. My arch nemesis on this podcast. In my I'm everybody's arch nemesis. All right. And for the man, the myth, the legend. One word. Larry Morgan 
And for the queen, Captain Falcon, we Dorothy. are. Take care, everyone. Take See you guys next care. episode. All right. All right peace. peace.